Chapter Twenty Two of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Curious Chinese Customs. In this our last day among the Chinese, let us consider some of the things in which they differ from us. We call them heathen, and they look upon us as little better than savages. They think we are impolite and pity us because we do not dress act and live as they do when two americans meet they clasp hands but when two chinese friends come together they shake their own fists at each other and if they are going in the same direction walk off like geese single file we cut our fingernails short but the chinese let theirs grow and with them long nails are the sign of a lady or a gentleman the ladies sometimes have silver shields which they wear over their nails to prevent them from breaking. All those who do not work with their hands are proud of their nails, and the scholars, officials, doctors, and other professional men often have nails from one to six inches long. I met a Chinese merchant in Canton who could rest the palm of his hand upon his chin and scratch the back of his neck with his nails. The Chinese do not kiss. They seldom embrace and in bowing to one another they bend down almost to the ground we take our hats off when we enter a house but the chinese keep theirs on we ask first after the wives and daughters of our friends the chinese consider such questions an insult and the girls of the family remain out of the room when men call on their fathers or brothers chinese girls are not courted marriages are arranged by parents through professional matchmakers and a husband seldom sees his wife until he is wedded the wife is the slave of her mother-in-law who has the right to whip her if she does not obey in china the men wear the finest embroidery and the high officials have their hats decorated with feathers and wear strings of beads around their necks the men have long stockings while the women go about in short socks the chinese women wear pantaloons above which is a coat coming halfway down to the knees. When in full dress, the men wear gowns which reach from their necks to their feet. A Chinese gentleman's shoes are of cloth, ours are of leather, and we black them all over, while he whitens the sides of the soles. In our army, the officials are known by epaulets on their shoulders. In that of China, the rank is indicated by buttons worn on the cap and by feathers fastened under the buttons the chinese women are proud of their small feet and many of them bind the heel down into the foot by tying the four small toes under it so that it looks much like the end of a club such binding begins at three years of age and except when removed for washing the bandages are kept on from that time until death this compression causes terrible pain and if too tightly bound the foot may break in two at the instep and the bones come through the flesh we wear black when we go into mourning, but the Chinese wear white, and when the period of mourning has half passed away, they put on a garb of light blue. At the beginning, they send out mourning cards printed on white paper, although the ordinary color of the visiting card is the brightest of red. By and by, they distribute other cards upon which is printed, Grief not so bitter as before, and when the mourning is over, they give a feast to their friends. The Chinese begin their books at the back instead of the front, and in dating letters they put the year first, 
and then the month and lastly the day their newspapers begin on what we should call the last page and the columns run differently from ours they have theatres but the performances are carried on during the daytime and they are given watermelon and pumpkin seeds at which to nibble as the acting goes on they have queer kinds of food among which are shark fins and a soup of birds nests they boil their bread instead of baking it and their eggs are eaten hard boiled they pickle eggs in lime and the older such eggs are the better they like them they never drink cold water and even their wine is served hot they eat from tables as we do but use chopsticks and not forks to convey the food to their mouths most things are served in small porcelain bowls the meats being cut into cubes they drink tea and wine from cups and both are served hot and sipped these people do not wash their hands before dinner but a servant brings a hot wet cloth to the guests at the table and they rub off their hands and faces with this passing it from one to another they seldom wash the whole body and it is said that many of them receive but two baths while on earth one at birth and the other when prepared for the coffin the chinese baby has no cradle it is strapped to the back of its mother or that of a servant when it first begins to walk it is given a pair of knit shoes with a cat's face on the toes this being supposed to render it as sure-footed as a cat the boys fly kites but the best kites of china are owned by the men who enjoy them as much as the boys cock-fighting and quail-fighting are common and in some of the cities we see men kneeling down on the streets about little bowls in which crickets are placed these insects are urged on to fight by being tickled with straws and they fight until they are dead a good fighting cricket is valuable for high bets are made as to which will conquer one of the most striking features of china is the terrible poverty of the lower classes nevertheless the people are economical and we are surprised at the saving we see nothing is wasted the stubble of the wheat oats and millet is pulled from the ground and even the leaves of the trees and weeds are gathered for fuel the poor man does not build a fire if he can help it and even the rich use clothing rather than fire to keep out the cold in south china rice is cooked in large quantities and rewarmed when eaten by pouring hot water over it to save making a fire the hot water is often bought from hot water peddlers who are to be found on the streets of the cities some towns have a hot water store for every twenty families at the restaurants all scraps of food and even the tea grounds are saved the water in which vegetables are boiled is sold for feeding hogs and the bones are cut from meat that they may be used for making chopsticks many of the chinese cities have public cook shops and soup houses which are kept by charity during the winter but are shut up as soon as spring comes when the poor as we say of horses are turned out to grass for they can then live on green things and wild fruits indeed the necessities are so few that for two cents a day a man can buy enough to keep him alive and upon four dollars a month can support a family and lay something aside for his funeral there is no country whose labor is better organized every trade has its union and the bankers and merchants have their own guilds the working classes have always opposed new inventions and the officials have been afraid to let them come in on account of the trade unions they delayed a long time making railroads 
for fear of the cart drivers boatmen and wheelbarrow pushers but now they see they must have these things if they would hold their place in the world as a nation for the same reason the chinese are establishing factories for making all kinds of goods as well as gunworks which are turning out arms and munitions of war they are now building their own railroad cars are opening mines and introducing many new industrial methods they are a people of great skill and in time they will be sending their manufactured goods to all the world's markets. End of chapter 22